0: Um, and what I'm aiming to do, some, some schools did literally weeks and weeks of work, um, others did shorter um, units, so I'm really just giving some snapshots of our emerging analysis rather than any sort of comprehensive um, overview. Um, our starting point, um, our focus on media language, um, we felt provides children with um, sets of questions to ask of texts, and we were reflecting on Perhaps these um, that David has talked about previously um, could be considered sort of the orthodoxies of of when we're teaching media language, the sorts of questions that we um, are enabling children to begin to ask of texts. We made the decision to focus on fear, and I'm going to slightly contradict Andrew now, apologies. Um, but we weren't focusing on horror, in fact. What we wanted to do was move away from um, a, a generic study a look at genre, um, deliberately trying to shift away from that. Um, but look at how fear, tension, suspense um, was constructed in moving image text. Um, and part of the reason for um, broadening it was early days. Um, I think Anthony's um, Year 8s were quite, um, uh, talking about not liking horror particularly. Um, so it wasn't because it was standing back from being scary um, and not wanting to do horror with year twos, but it, it was trying to um, in, ensure that we were um, enabling children to draw on all their experience of scary as it would be manifested across a range of different sorts of texts. Um, we also thought that it would connect well with um, audience and effect and enable the children to consider media language alongside meaning. Um, so our particular um, <coughs> set of questions... Um, that we focused on. um, uh, um, We kind of adapted those questions to um, focus on this idea of fear, suspense and tension, um, as I mentioned. Um, And we identified two key issues. I'm not sure exactly how early on we identified these key issues, but they have kept coming up. Um, One is the... um, sense in which we're enabling children to spot things like we would do in other areas of literacy, so they would spot a a simile or they might spot um, a particular language use. Um, And we were anxious not to then emulate this and do the same thing in relation to film language, give them a set of vocabulary to name things. Um, We wanted to make sure that we were connecting with the social and cultural meaning, Um, so it's not a code-cracking exercise um, that that context, meaning, and also that that meaning is provisional, that there isn't a whole that a set of rules to be learned, that, that actually they, that they can change and, and, and uh, be diverse and different and context being important. Um, and as has already been talked about, a key issue was acknowledging children, um, their expertise as readers of film, what they bring, um, having extensive repertoires of text at whatever age, um, and as readers of those texts, having... Um, understandings and um, what could be called um, proto-concepts—I think is one of the one of the words we're di- we're toying with at the moment—to um, describe those kind of how those concepts are emerging. Um, and I think our aim was—I I guess it's very um, Vygotskian kind of model—to acknowledge and value the, ch- the ex- um, experiences and understandings that children have. To help them to render those understandings systematic, and also to challenge and question them. Um, and although I've kind of listed this in a very linear fashion, I, what I'm trying to communicate is a much more. I think that, again we've used shuttling a lot. So you know these things don't happen in just in the process of analysis or just in production, and also that children are doing different things at different times. Um, It's not, it it certainly hasn't, we haven't observed what you would see as a linear process that they're moving between those, they seem to be moving backwards and forwards. Um, So emphasising the need for recursive (coughs) learning opportunities, and I guess this afternoon um, the POV project might pick up on that as well. Um, So getting at these emerging concepts, um, we... Like I guess, like whenever you're kind of setting out to do um, any sort of teaching, but media teaching in particular, you would you're, you're trying to look at where the children are at, what they're understanding already, and her teachers came up with some interesting ways of doing this. So um, this is a, a tiny extract which I don't think you can actually read, but I have got some data from from a um, online me- online message board um, that the Year 8 class undertook. Um, sorry, excuse me. Um, it was a kind of show and tell the teacher um, put their um, headings and some questions but what was really productive here was that the students actually did talk to each other so the dialogue wasn't all kind of coming into the centre to the teacher but they were actually kind of debating ideas Um, this is where we got at that actually quite a lot of them didn't really like horror and they were talking about other things that they liked that were related to other aspects of of fear Um, and other people um, came up with ideas of doing drawings and um, screenings themselves, eliciting lots of really in- interesting information, drawings of scary pictures, um, mind map of ideas. And, and even in those initial activities, we saw children um, moving from individual personal experience ideas into starting to make generalizations about a wider range of texts and looking across a body of texts. Um, this is just um, one extract from the year nine, it's actually year eight at this point, I apologise, year, year eight message board. Um, so I'll just give you a couple of seconds to read that. Um, is, can everyone read that? Is that okay? Yeah. Um, interestingly for me particularly was the um, the issue of the monster. Um, so we've got lots of things coming out of this, uh, this one um, uh, exchange, but the, the issue of the monster came up across the age groups, actually. Um, and also connecting, we thought, with um, that kind of consideration of um, what the audience knows, what they're given, and what's held back, that building of suspense. Um, so this was in the very first sorts of exchanges, before any sort of formal teaching had begun. So some quite interesting ideas already being suggested, Um, and particularly we found it interesting when we found it in year two as well. So the drawings that the year twos undertook as a very early um, activity and they had a kind of classroom split. So you've got the children who want a very explicit scary monster that's very visible and vivid. And you've got the children who, and this was actually the majority of the children's response, was the kind of more domestic setting, and with a monster that was implied. Sometimes it was under the bed, and sometimes it was out of the window, um, but it's um, less uh, <coughs> visible. And that cropped up in production as well, this issue of um, what, to, what to include and how to... Um, hold things back from the audience. We may not have time to talk about it in detail, but it was was an interesting um, idea that came out from the outset that then kind of followed them through into their production. Um, I think across the sites, we would say we took a fairly orthodox approach to teaching media language. Um, There were some exceptions, um, but... um, So we were doing listening to the clips, so identifying, listening to the sound, looking at the um, visual, really focusing on that, looking at clo- freeze frames, introducing vocabulary, all things that, you know, we all are highly familiar with. Um, and perhaps even we've started to say, you know, us are quite tired and, that you know, there might, might need to be new ways of looking at things and lots of criticism, particularly of storyboarding, uh, which is why I thought I would focus on storyboarding. Um, In the both the Year 2 and the Year 4, four site, apologies, I can not read that very well, but the, um, the they were given not just one or two opportunities to do storyboarding, but they were given a very structured um, approach to storyboarding, and in each case, it built on the previous experience that they'd had. So the very first one, they were only looking at visual. The second one, they might be looking at visual and sound. The third one, they might be looking at camera movement and the, the teacher enabled them to do that in a number of different forms so one would be really relying on drawing another would be giving them the drawings but asking them to make notes another would be um, put, trying to enable them to put the things together and giving them more vocabulary um, and we found that this um uh I mean, the the storyboarding is nothing new, but this, I felt, we felt definitely started to show us um, some interesting examples of progression. Um, One point that we um, felt, I mean, this is coming through not just in the media language unit but elsewhere, was that different children really benefit from having different modes of expression or forms of expression. Um, So this is a year four storyboard from... um, where they storyboarded the sequence from The Nightmare Before Christmas. I should add that this class... Looked at probably 30 different texts, they looked at masses and masses of texts, so they weren't being given a kind of canon of great texts, they were given a really broad range, so these are just a couple of examples. Um, This um, pupil in particular, we felt, is much better able to demonstrate what they're paying attention to, um, and that this is much more than just observation, I, I feel here that meaning is being constructed and a response is being developed. To, to the clip that they've seen, but also, and I don't think you can really see this, what they're drawing is is more complex than what they're writing, so their understanding in their drawing of what they've seen is, is I would argue, um, possibly more complicated, or it's expressing their, their more sophisticated understanding than they're able to do in their writing. Um, and here we have, this is the same year four class, they were looking at... Um, a Batman, this is a a James Durran resource, they were looking at a Batman um, clip, which they were then, they were given the stills, but they were also given the individual shots that they could play and replay, and they played and replayed them lots and lots of times. Um, And what we have is, um, I mean, from all of the storyboards, there's masses and masses of um, trying to describe what they were seeing and not necessarily having the full vocabulary Um, so they're, as you can see, they're here they're um, describing it in the the words that they've got the cultural resources that they've got and we perhaps needed to give them a wider range of vocabulary earlier so in a sense we were perhaps underestimating what the year fours could observe and I did think it was interesting that so some of them were actually standing in the role of the person with the camera and putting themselves in that role to help them with their written descriptions Um, they they were just given medium shot, long shot close-up and so they obviously needed to be given a lot more than that and they were eventually given more than that. Um, This is um, a boy in year four who um, is not somebody that's renowned in the class for um, articulating the most complicated ideas, has lots of support in the classroom. And it was really interesting that he led a little group of students who were looking at this clip and looking at the implications of this character moving backwards um, and wanting to explore what that meant. And because he had quite a a vast range of experiences of um, scary text to draw on, he was much more able to talk about the different scenarios in which a character might walk backwards and what that might mean. Um, So he was thinking about camera movement and audience expectations. And here the role as a teacher was really important in not just the observation of the literal, so that, okay, the character is walking backwards, but what that means, what do we expect, how does that influence audiences' responses, um, which they were then able to go on and talk about in relation to a whole range of other films. Um, And lastly, just on this um, storyboarding activity, just want to talk about, um, this is um, storyboarding of a film, uh, Lucky Dip, um, which is a BFI short film, which has um, quite a reversal of audience expectations. Um, and what I'm arguing here is, again, that um, our expectations might be... Um, we might have a bit of a ceiling on them in terms of what children can do. I know um, it's been um, suggested that children draw everything in mid-shot. Um, I think both James and Andrew have observed that, and many of us have, that you know, that when, when children are doing film production they're producing storyboards of their own work, they, they draw everything in, a, in mid-shot... Um, Here we've got a a very different attention to what's um, going on and I think the film provides those kind of cultural resources. So the shot that you can see, the first shot with the rabbit looking at the funfair is a shot from the film and that's an activity where they were storyboarding a sequence. But the second one is where um, the the children have been asked to storyboard a second, a follow-up story. Um, And so the little girl, as you can see, is being placed in a very similar position to the one from the film but they're combining it in a different way. They're transforming the kind of these new signs that they've been given. And I think the perspective that's been drawn on here, obviously the addition of tears, the fact that it's this over-the-shoulder shot um, has, has enabled the, the child to kind of move their idea away from a kind of, well, they would just normally draw a stick man and we wouldn't actually know which way the character was facing to perhaps a more, a more sophisticated and complex um, representation And and it's affective. Um, I mean, we see the desire, we see the aspiration. I don't know if you can see the little rabbit up here, but the little rabbit (coughs) is as well as the funfair is the object of desire. Um, So, conclusions in relation to this element, I would argue, we can teach children to pay closer attention to visual and oral composition. And I know that's no rocket science (laughs) claim, um, but it's important to pay. Um, attention to how we do that and far from being unproductive busy work or demonstrating children draw everything in mid shot and don't pay attention to composition I think this data demonstrates that um, taught in a connected way very young children can display um, complex understandings not just of individual signs and their arrangements but the meanings that they they express and I would argue that the role of the teacher in connecting with the identification of uh, an aspect of media language with with the meaning that is intended um, is really important. I have, I'm, a, I'm aware that I'm um, possibly um, running out of time, or maybe you, you guys will all be looking forward <coughs> to your um, tea, but I do have a couple more examples that take us outside um, this storyboarding example. Um, We aren't going to have time to talk about all the issues that were raised once the children moved from storyboarding into production, from analysis into production. Um, But there were a vast array, um, and none of them are probably um, new to people in the room. Um, We have been discussing the role of creative constraints, um, the extent to which we place parameters, and that enables students to... Um, be more creative and um, actually accomplish their work and the sort of nature of those compl- those constraints. Um, importantly also the extent to which constraints can become a particular, a shaping that might rule out children's um, pleasure and their playfulness and their own popular culture tastes. So it's that kind of what's the balancing act there. Um, and that's also led us to consider this I've used the term building blocks and that's probably not right but this idea that there are a number of production type activities that you need to do with children in order for for them to then be able to move towards a more independent filmmaking um, role Um, and quite what all of those building block activities are and it's different with animation which we'll maybe get to talk about this afternoon but the Um, so some of the very shaped and constrained tasks that we ask the children to do maybe are actually, although they felt very constrained, maybe they were actually essential in order to enable them to do something that was more open later on, so these are things that we're we're debating Um, we also um, feel that the issue of um, giving the children opportunity to share and celebrate their work um, as as we all know know, hugely important um, but what we also wanted to enable them to do is come back to that Their their productions and be more reflective after that kind of celebratory um, screening. Here you can see the children were all receiving um, awards for getting their films, and they enacted the whole kind of uh, uh, thank you ceremony, and they did all those thank yous. But in the moment, I think they were, and they were also very much in their sort of school discourses of we must all say something nice about everybody's film. So they were all being very positive. Um, and actually, which which was right, you know, we had to do the celebration. That was fine, but we also needed to do a time where we stood back and looked at what what's next. What would we improve? How would we um, develop it from here? So, indicating as ever that we need more um, production opportunities. Um, one of the year two teachers in one of the sites. I, I, I've, I've, I've allocated one slide to this, and this is kind of whole weeks of work and we are writing about this example in much more detail um, but it is a really interesting approach to the production. Um, this teacher talks I'm going to talk about him in the audience's um, uh, unit later on as well so you'll kind of get to know him a little bit, but he talks to the children. Um, he puts them in role and asks them <coughs> questions in that role. Pretty much throughout, that's his kind of a very strong element of his pedagogic approach. Um, so he's kind of modelling their creative decision making. Um, and with this, with for this one, how how do you want the audience to feel when they see that? What's what's going on here? So there was quite a lot of dialogue all the way through about what what do I want the audience to think, feel, see, believe, um, and by, by modelling that, really interestingly by the very end of their um, productions, they were asking this, those sorts of questions. They, had the, so they, they were asking those questions of each other, so they, it did feel to, to an extent that they were stepping into that role and asking those questions themselves. So far from being random decisions, convenient decisions, quick on the cuff decisions, most of them were decisions that they had made very consciously. Um, and when they watched things back although I think if we watched their films we wouldn't see all of it but they were seeing an awful lot more of their intent in in what they produced Um, so yes, so an interesting example and apologies, Alex isn't here today but um, apologies for trying to do his whole thing in one slide Um, Anthony, I'm also going to try and do yours in three sorry about that as well so just bear with me And I had two minutes. Oh, sorry, Anthony. Okay, so what I've talked about in terms of primary, I think, raises some bigger questions for um, what we might do in secondary. Um, If very young children are um, obviously able to engage with things that we perhaps would expect to be their first experience once they get to secondary school, what are the implications? And one teacher's approach to this was to um, take a particular aspect, a very tight focus, looking at point of view, um, and in relation to narratives more broadly, so who looked at in print texts and games and in film, um, and gave the students a framework to make decisions about what point of view, whose point of view the texts were um, constructed, whose point of view was being constructed by the texts. Um, so he was stepping away from some perhaps orthodox um, ideas about teaching narrative structure where um, I mean particularly at GCSE narrative structure is a kind of um, a key element that's taught um, and so this was moving away from that. But I think probably <coughs> the most important thing that it was moving away from teaching theory um, as as a kind of um, you know here's the theory, learn the theory. This was learn to theorise so I think it was kind of a step away so it was Um, here's a set of ideas that somebody's come up with, Um, and you can apply them to text, and we'll see how they work. Do they work? Maybe they don't work. Um, Maybe we need to adjust them. Um, And the whole of the um, framework, which um, I, as I say, haven't got time to um, uh, explain fully and do justice to, but um, they were given a set of different concepts there were a little bit, so they started with first person, second thir- person, third person, and then moved on to a, a set of different um, uh, positions, did you call them positions? Something like that. Um, and they were asked to apply these to games. I think they looked at um, uh, Harry Potter, um, the scene where um, Ron and Harry meet Aragog the Spider, and they were looking at that across game um, print and the film, and they were looking at who, whose point of view is being represented. Um, so here, this is some data from the, um, this is from their uh, one groups um, posting. Again, they were using the message board to post their observations, um, and this was them posting about the point of view of the game. So you can see that they're finding these conceptual tools useful. Um, they are applying them But what we also had, um, and I mean, we are writing about this, and Anthony himself has already written um, a paper about this. Um, We had students who were adapting the theory. um, They were resisting actively some elements of the theory, um, and they were making suggestions just to, well, it's OK, but we could stretch it in this way. We need to move it in this way. So they were, um, we feel, being given something that... um, was helpful. Was helping them to make um, uh, question, make ask new questions of text, but but was um, they weren't being they weren't receiving it as if it was a kind of a received wisdom which could not be questioned, which we felt was really important. Um, so um, just to summarise, I mean there's there's much more to be said about the um, the older students, but the, we do feel that the pr- the data from primary really. Um, emphasises the need for challenge for older students and that in that case, actually, what, what possibly um, we're looking at is very specific focus and not being afraid to ask... Difficult, I don't think we should be afraid to ask any age group difficult and complex and um, challenging questions, but that you know, we have to ensure that that's um, continuing. If we're starting media learning younger, we have to ensure that there's a sort of a continuum... Um, And that sort of very tight niche focus on point of view helped with that. I mean, there's lots of things, I think, we were talking about this earlier, that that we might do differently. I felt the connection with media language needed to be made more. They needed to look at more a variety of texts and look at how point of view is constructed differently in film than in games. And look at how, how media language is used specifically to do that. And that was reflected in their production work, because in their films particularly, they didn't really know that. But the production work helped them to start. Oh, okay. Well, if this, if we're, we're going to show the point of view of this student, this um, character, I need to do something else. This isn't working. So they could see from their own films that things weren't working. But the production then was analysis rather than a final product. Um, and still, that um, valuing existing experiences because the, the there was a, there's one boy particularly in that class um, whose experience of games really helped them. see so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm one more second, Sorry. Um, uh, whose experience of games was was key to helping them question um, some of the assumptions within those um, point-of-view uh, point concepts. Sorry. My slide is 11 minutes, 13 seconds, so I... I No, that's the time, isn't it? Sorry. It's 15 (laughs) seconds after 11 (laughs) (laughs) o'clock. Having said I was not going to be very long. Okay, so that's me done. You started at half past nine. (laughs) Uh, It feels like I I started at half past nine. (laughs) Thank you, Becky.